This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Join us every Thursday afternoon as we explore the variety of cultures that call Dunedin home. Through interviews, conversation and music, we'll expand your knowledge of the world and expose you to new ideas from a youth perspective. That's Global Youth NZ, 4pm Thursdays on ORFM Dunedin. Podcasts available from the Youth Zone app, yznz.app. Kia ora everyone, welcome back to Global Youth NZ, you're listening to 105.4 FM. I am your uh, host Jayushka today, alongside uh, the wonderful Lily. Hello everyone. And after the song break, we'll be introducing our very special guest today. Oh, you guys get yes, excited. Uh, get excited and yeah, we'll head into a wee song break. We've got a very exciting show today. Radio 105.4 FM. 
Radio, online and on demand at oar.org.nz. We go together, better than birds of a feather, you and me. We change the weather, yeah. I'm feeling heat in December when you found me. I've been dancing on top of cars and stumbling out of bars. I follow you through the dark, can't get enough. 
Through interviews, conversation and music, we'll expand your knowledge of the world and expose you to new ideas from a youth perspective. That's Global Youth NZ, 4pm Thursdays on ORFM Dunedin. Podcasts available from the Youth Zone app, yznz.app. Welcome back to Global Youth NZ. You're listening to 105.4 FM. I'm your co-host today, Jayushka, alongside Lily. Hello, everyone. And welcoming our special guest today, Hayley Xavier. How are you doing? Kia ora. I'm doing awesome. Thank you for asking. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yeah, we so, are so excited to have mm-hmm. you. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good to hear. Um, so, yeah, we thought today uh, we'd have you on and just discuss... Um, Different things have some kōrero about different topics and whatever you're interested in, basically. Um, so, yeah, I thought we could start off with what, um, telling us a bit about yourself. Awesome, yeah. Um, so, kia ora, I'm Hayley. I'm a 17-year-old. I recently graduated high school, which is awesome. Um, I do a bit of climate action. I'm in a few climate activist groups, so 350 Aotearoa school strike. I do some 
Gen Zero work, things like that. Um, I'm on the Dunedin Youth Council, so I do some mahi, com- community mahi. Um, what else do I do? Oh, I was Enviro Prefect. I led my school's diversity group. Um, and I'm in some university groups too. Yeah. Wow, that's quite a feat, I would say. <laughs> in short, you're incredible. <laughs> yeah. Thank um, you. So I guess that has definitely kept you really busy this year. You could say that, yeah. <laughs> uh, what has been like some kind of highlights from being a part of those kind of groups and things? Oh, um, other than the really cool events that I've pulled off somehow this year, it would have been meeting new people yeah. and just the connections and the like the like-minded people you mm-hmm. meet um, when you're in these spaces. It's just the best thing in the world. Yeah, definitely. And so um, Haley and I actually met through the Dunedin Youth Council, so that's how I got to know her, which I'm truly, truly grateful for. Um, and so Haley's finished, oh, she's about to finish two years mm-hmm. service on the council and I'm finishing one year so that will be exciting um, and definitely has been like a really cool experience and <laughs> definitely having you um, you there like me- me- meeting new people has mean like you felt like more included and like you know you got more like I don't know support. For so, sure. Yeah. Um, so tell us a bit about... Um, what it feels like graduating high school. Ooh, right. <laughs> 13 um, years of school. It's a long time. Years, oh my gosh. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, it's surreal, I think, to say the least. Um, like, I knew the moment was coming and I was so excited and I was so ready. Um, and when it happened, I didn't realize I'd get so emotional about it mm-hmm. because it was kind of a build up of 13 years and then a chapter of my life. I was just kind of, I'm getting propelled into, and it's kind of scary, but I'm super duper excited about it. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. So you definitely feel like you're set up well for going into your plans next year? I think so. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to think so. Um, and if not, I will definitely figure it out. I mm-hmm. think um, one of the main things I picked up over the couple of years that I've been doing all of this stuff is that it's okay not to be fully planned and knowing what you're doing in life because you kind of just learn how to pick things up as you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. Um, so what <coughs> do you care to share any of your, um, your plans for next year for 2022? Ooh, um, in terms of education, I am going to uni- the University of Otago, mm-hmm. so I'm staying down here but I'm going into Te Rangihiroa for boarding um, and I'm going to do psychology. Wow, um, yeah. <laughs> that sounds super exciting. It does. I really want to work in the mental health space um, because I think that in New Zealand especially more resources and minds need to go into it and making mm. the psychologist's um, demographic more diverse is a big thing for me because I think majority of psychologists are like middle-aged white women and I think that we need more desis, we need more queers, we need more diverse people in, in that field, yeah. Absolutely. I hear That's you. incredible. Um, yeah. So you talked a, a bit about like kind of events you've been organising uh, this year and do you care to like tell us kind of like the best event you've pulled off Ooh. or for any of those things? Ooh, okay. Um, I think I have two. So mm-hmm. my most favourite event was the one of the end of term diversity group movie nights I had which was just a really small event with my school's diversity group um, and we just watched a movie and then I think the coolest event would have been the April 9th strike um, which you might have heard of Um, Uh yeah so that planning was really intense and it took a lot of mahi but um, marching into the octagon and seeing 3,000 people supporting this cause that you have lost sleep over um, was the coolest thing in the world and just like seeing the march like 
go around the top of the octagon and catch the front of it was the coolest thing I've ever seen. And that's incredible. Like, I was a part of that. And just, you know, for everyone involved, feeling like you're genuinely making a difference is one of the most incredible feelings in the world, I think. For sure, for sure. I think it also helps um, with any frustration or helplessness that our generation has when it comes to the climate crisis. Mm -hmm. Because we're not the people in power, but we're the people who will bear the brunt of this situation so and that's such a good way to put it because like the uh level of powerlessness like you mm. feel uh, as a young person like who can't vote yet who sure. doesn't really have a political voice yet sure. uh, beyond being like on a youth council like you guys are you know you need that outlet For and sure. to organize events like that is absolutely incredible yeah i think having that outlet is a really good thing to have but also making sure that you're safe in those spaces and you're not putting out too much um, that you can not carry later on Mm. sure yeah I think that's uh, really great of you to mention that event because I do remember it um, because I was there and I just seeing um, obviously I knew you were very heavily involved in the behind the scenes of it and everything like that but seeing you up there and speaking as well as you Lily I was just extremely extremely like proud to see um, what you guys can do and um, just like the power you had and what those words that you said, you know, and you can like tell that it's because it, a lot of the time we see a lot of, you know, um, promises and things like that, but actually seeing action, um, that is quite, you know, amazing to see. Um, because yeah. like youth is power, right? Like sure. it, it's so easy to convince ourselves, oh, we're young, we can't do much, um, but we absolutely can. And like you're an example of that, you know. Ah, oh, thank you. Um, I think, yeah, with youth we are the most mobilized generation and it's not the strikes that have told me that it's our connection it's our tech savvy skills it's the fact that um if we tell one person something they'll go tell 10 more people something Mm -hmm. and it's just it's Mm a chain reaction when it comes to our generation i guess we have like a unique ability kind of like for those types of movements for sure uh, with our like interconnectedness like by technology and stuff Mm. Yeah, 100%, because I think sometimes we kind of fall into that thing where we people see us, um, view us as using technology as like a bad thing, you know, or like a negative thing and like spreading rumors or gossip and things like that. But there's actually like another side to it, you know, yeah. where we can actually use that for good. And most of the time it is for good, 100%. Mm. For sure. I think everything yeah. has two sides to it. Yes, yeah. there's, yeah. there's an, actually a quote from Roald Dahl that I think about a lot about how he says when you're adult, um, most adults forget what it's like to be a child, right? And I just never forgot. But I think about that quote a lot because I think I really, really, really hope I don't ever forget like what it feels like to be young, a teenager, and like so full of passion for these kind of things. Uh, and like uh, we have an example of that here, but <laughs> just like you know, um, like having the drive to make the change, which is something I think is like so so important. For sure. Thank you. Um, I think I think that regardless, well, I can't really speak for my future self, <laughs> but regardless of what you do, as long as you're interested and you have people there who can support you and are interested in it too, you'll always feel that passion. Because I think like p- power comes from people, but passion also comes from people. That, that's so wise. I want to write that down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm heavily, heavily motivated right now oh. in just hearing you say all of that. Um, but yeah, I think, like you said, I feel like we a lot of the time we hear people telling us, you know, what is a good career or things like that. But actually, like you said, it's all about your drive and your passion. Sure. Um, but yeah, I think we're going to head into a quick song break and we'll talk a bit more about it after the break. 
videos, gig guides and live streaming radio made right here in Dunedin just for you. Get it now from yznz.app or the Google Play Store thanks to Chorus and the Gig City Digital Community Trust. It be seen dead here in the day I guess you're lucky that it's dark now and if I like it then we'll stay Impress the Empress, take a shot now we got the glow in the mouth 
on ORFM's Youth Song. Hi, I'm Jaden. I'm Lily. And I'm Jayushka. Join us every Thursday afternoon as we explore the variety of cultures that call Dunedin home. Through interviews, conversation and music, we'll expand your knowledge of the world and expose you to new ideas from a youth perspective. That's Global Youth NZ, 4pm Thursdays on ORFM Dunedin. Podcasts available from the Youth Zone app, yznz.app. Hello everyone and welcome back to Global Youth NZ. You're listening to 105.4 FM. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, we are back and I have another question for you about Diversity Club. Because mm-hmm. um, we briefly mentioned this, um, as well as all the other wonderful, amazing clubs and initiatives you do. Um, 
I'm just very keen to hear about like how it works and like kind of your role in that. Yeah, so um, Diversity Club at Kavna is essentially the QSA. Um, we meet every Thursday at lunch and it's just a little room in the library and we just have the space and we hold the space for whoever wants to be there and have a korero or just eat lunch. Yeah. yeah, and that's something that's like absolutely wonderful to me. And we were talking about this a little bit in song break, mm-hmm. um, about how first it could seem like a little bit daunting to first of all like run a club like that, mm-hmm. um, but also like making people come. And then we kind of you mentioned something about how like people don't actually need to come to know that there is a safe space within the school. Yeah, for sure. I think um, one of the things I had to like reckon with, I guess, because I'm a person who. Um, plans events and plans all these things and hopes for people to come and when there were lunch times where it would just be like one other kid or it would just be me and the other co-leader um, I'd, I'd get confused to as to is the club not working but then mm. I did some thinking and I was like this club is known to all the students who need it and it's a space that is held for these students regardless if we, if we meet or not um, it has been. It's we have a permanent booking in the library um, that's been going for years, mm. and I think that that's the most important thing that the space is there for people whenever they need it. And that I think is absolutely wonderful. Like uh, the idea that, like they know, they know it's there. Yeah. They know there is a safe space, um, and that kind of like uh, way you provide that, I think, is absolutely incredible. And just, I guess, do you have any advice for running like such a club? Uh, like perhaps definitely next year. because I remember <laughs> back in um, primary, memory oh. run a ukulele club. <laughs> we always talk about this. The our ukulele failed ukulele club. Oh, it wasn't failed. It wasn't failed, but th- I could guess turn out for three weeks. <laughs> the okay. point is that when people don't come, it can be kind of daunting. And like, what am yeah. I doing? Am I doing this right? So yeah, what do you? What do you? If advice? you want people to come to events, regardless of Food. what it is, no. exactly. <laughs> I'm not joking. Bring food. Rather, whether it be baking or like five dollar Domino's pizzas, you mm-hmm. know, um, just fruit bursts, fruit bursts, you know, <laughs> or if you just say there'll be food and go, oh no, I left it in my car. Whoops, people will come, <laughs> and it's it's really just like holding that space because people will once they come, they'll know it's there, and once you talk about it, they'll know how good of a space it is, mm-hmm. and just making like don't have big expectations for starting anything, mm-hmm. have hopes but don't let them be your main drive to do things. Yeah, and don't let that create a boundary for you. Like, if you don't reach that certain goal, it's not worth doing, you know? You you always have another week to try it out. Exactly. It's, like, absolutely quintessential that there is that space. Absolutely. Like, one other thing to think about, I guess, is, like, if I'm not doing it, if I'm not providing this space, like... Someone, someone has to. There needs to yeah. be an area like of safety. Yeah, I it's guess. kind of like making sure that representation is there, mm. and making sure that. Um, I think a lot of people have the mindset of being the representation they want to see, and ensuring that you take that step so that other kids that are younger than us know that that representation is there, and know that it's a normal thing, mm. and know that it's okay to like go to the script, but it's also okay to <clears throat> have lunch with your friends and just exist. Yeah. And I remember, like, at St Hilda's in our QSA, uh, like, a lot of times we were just playing, like, Scriblio and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, but it's literally just 
having that space that is so important. For sure. Um, we used to watch Drag Race. Oh, yes! It was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'd play that one where, you know, you, like, drop down in, like, Google Maps somewhere and you have to work out, like, where you are in Google Maps. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know that one? Yeah, yeah, We would just play that. Like, <laughs> that's what I we was did. way too impatient for that game, honestly. Oh. I just, I wanted to know where I was all the time, and so I, it was not a fun I game for me. I was too stupid for that game. Geography. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, uh, the leaders of our QSA would be like, oh, yeah, that's Russian. I'm like, is it? I mean, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know? no, I haven't taken one geography class and I'm I've graduated so yeah. let's hope I don't have to get lost anywhere we're surviving though we're, surviving. Well, we're getting through yeah. no 100% I left social studies as soon as I could like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've only got lost in big cities like once or twice every few months that's fine yeah you're doing yeah. fine that's only yeah, like many many times now. <laughs> Me too. I mean I'm usually not completely alone so it's fine yeah, yeah. And, um, so you talked a key word there was representation yeah and so I guess this could segue into our next sweet topic I was just about to segue you oh, stole I it stole I was smooth no I was okay. gonna use representation as well <laughs> I threw it out there yeah, yeah. so yeah quick um, next topic about a bit about like brown activism and I guess what your thoughts are experiences and anything you have to say I'm, I'm here I'm listening <laughs> Oh, should I just give a monologue or something? Yes, um, we want it. <laughs> oh, guys are so nice. Um, I think living in Aotearoa mm-hmm. as a brown person, as a queer person, as a youth, um, and a youth that has mental health issues sometimes, all of these things are super intersectional. And so when it comes to activism, um, essentially having all of these boxes that you take of identity really plays a part in your role in every space that you're in and every action that you do and your mindset is different to your privileged counterparts like whenever I'm in a space I go are there other people who look like me and more importantly are there indigenous people in these spaces are there people having these corredores that are also consulting the people who most need to be consulted about this instead of just making decisions based on assumptions that they have um, and I think that's really important to keep in mind and I think that it's also really important to be a really good ally but also know when to like not be the brown person doing all the mahi for everyone mm-hmm. else 100% I yeah. felt that <laughs> yeah um, I think like what you're kind of touching on there is like always like the wider picture you know yeah and it's not just like focusing on like ticking those kind of boxes you know it's about actually like really going in depth and consulting those people and really understanding where they come from for sure and yeah like you said not doing all the work just because you know yeah how you're perceived is quite important yeah i also i guess it's probably like an important part of mindset of realizing that like you know being queer or being brown does not exist like by itself like Mm. Uh, when you're considering these ideas, you have to consider like absolutely everything. Yeah, I guess everything and every crisis is an intersectional crisis. Yeah, and I think by treating anything on its own, you're not going to fix it, mm-hmm. and you're not going to do anything but harm, really. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like I felt you when you said you know there's different parts of your identity and they make they make you who you are and like walking into a room and like I I know sometimes I even have this feeling where I feel like I'm being judged as soon as I walk in like and then I feel like this kind of need to like prove yourself that I can't speak English you know sure and all those kind of um, worries you know that that you know shouldn't have to be there 
for you know? sure. I think but, uh, the fear of being tokenized and um, feeling that you're only on this board or you're only got you've only gotten so far because you're brown or because you're queer or because you're this mm-hmm. is it's really sad. Um, but you kind of just have to reckon with it and go, yeah, this might be happening, but I'm going to use this experience and I'm going to prove people wrong. It's a bit of a spite thing, I guess you could say. Um, that, yeah, I'm a brown person in a not-so-brown space. And that doesn't mean I have to be better at whatever people are doing or I have to prove myself more. But I'm going to do it anyway because I want to. And it's because I'm passionate, not because I feel like I have to prove myself. Yeah. I hear you, I hear you. Um, but like you said, I feel like if you you know have your support system around you and you have those people you can go to, you know, whether they they can relate to you or not, mm. but um, just knowing that there are people there for you is, is so crucial um, to feeling like you're inclu- you know, included for in sure. conversations and included when it comes to like your opinion and things like that. So yeah. Yeah, and I can't obviously can't speak for like brown people, but like I feel there is definitely a pressure, like I don't know, even being like a, a girl in like an all guys kind of situation mm-hmm. or like, you know, the only queer person there. Or like I feel like you feel like you have to be the best one hundred percent of the time because you're representing everyone, yeah. right? Yeah. And like how how do you even navigate that? Like you know, allowing yourself to be I'm not perfect and I don't have to represent this yeah. entire group that I am a part of. And yeah. how how do you like you you are not able to represent that yeah. entire yeah. group because within a group there's there's so many diverse and different and, people. Yeah, it's a facet of like people like reducing you to that. That's their problem with their like you know their, their own like, insecurities. Their yeah. narrow mind. Yeah. In a way, it's um, I think um, externally it's a form of tokenizing mm-hmm. um, when people go, "Hey, speak for all brown people," or "Speak for all." kids at the school or speak for um all queer people you know it's it doesn't it doesn't work and and it shows that they see it not as like a vast great amount of diverse people as Mm -hmm. like one identity yeah (laughs) yeah for sure um and something that i do whenever i'm asked questions or really anything is i go i can't speak for all blank people but i can give you my opinion and this is conversations I've had with other people with this Mm. demographic and I think that that's the safest way to go Um, and it also kind of safely doesn't make you speak on behalf of all people because not everyone who's the same who looks the same as you is going to have the same opinion as you Mm, Um, literally yeah that's quite important and I think yeah like you said that's a very safe way to go about it and it's it's hard when you you when you are like the only brown person at your school or something like that and you are expected to have this kind of you know the way that they can just like tick that box and kind of like without stereotyping but basically kind of stereotyping you into like fitting this certain like profile yeah yeah like performative diversity right for sure yeah yeah and like i'm not the best brown person to be consulted on brown (laughs) topics i was raised catholic um i i have mostly like white friends it's not i'm not super connected to my culture which is definitely a soft spot for me um but i don't feel comfortable talking on behalf of all Indians, at mm-hmm. least, or all mm-hmm. Asians. Sometimes people go, what do Asians people think of this? And I go, I, I'm and just me. And asking one person. Yeah. <laughs> In a way, it's like, 
quickly, I'm going to ask you a question and read all of the minds of the people in your demographic and come back to me with an answer. Two billion people. Go on. (laughs) Yeah, it's horrible. And if we flip it away, the way around and just, you know, walk up to someone who's who's not a brown person and be like, can you speak for like your entire race? Yeah. You can't, right? So like, I've never been asked that, like speak for all of my race. Like, yeah. It's it's the inequality, right? I yeah, guess. and overwhelmingness. I think. Is yeah. A word? yeah, hopefully it's a word. <laughs> it is. Yeah, and I think in a way it speaks to the inequalities, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. Like, if you have to consult only one person for a complete perspective on a specific demographic, you're not doing your job right, mm-hmm. no. um, and you're not getting an a valid or a um, accurate representation because. Like if you do stats, I did stats this year and I passed. Um, <laughs> you ne- thank you. You need you need a bigger sample size for it mm-hmm. to be um, accurate. Thing. Oh yeah, I remember yeah. that from last year. <laughs> I remember like even when I was like six years old, like counting cars. <laughs> did you guys do this? Like tally Counting, charts? Yeah, tally charts, the colour of cars and like samples. I drop math, so like that's yeah, my only point of reference. I, I only do math whenever I have to pass. So. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah. I'm not doing it. I'm <laughs> no. Smart idea. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I think, um, Hayley, what you touched on there about like feeling that kind of disconnect from your culture or not being able to say that you 100% represent this because you really don't. Like no one yeah. does. And I think... Um, there's this kind of idea that you know if you're brown you obviously know everything about your culture and you're obviously like this particular religion or something like that but that's not true I I went to a Catholic school and people were asking me about like Islam and I was like like I don't know anything about this situation Mm -hmm. and like the questions you get for just like being brown from like the weirdest people like like the you don't even know them and they go what do you think about Modi or what do you think about this and I go I live in Dunedin my friend (laughs) you know you know I I always say like I was like I'd have a random person in pack and say be like where'd you come from yeah the where'd you come from question and I was like oh I was born here like you know um but yeah, well, how do you like, deal with that? Like, oh, I well, quite honestly, whenever people ask me where I'm from, I freeze. I go, huh? um, "What do you mean by that?" In my mind, and, and then, then I, I'm like, "Where do I come from?" <laughs> yeah, because like I was, I was born in Botswana, which is just above South Africa. Um, my parents are scattered from in- India, mainly from Kerala, and then I grew up in in on Auckland for like 10, 12 years of my life, um, and then I moved down here. So I don't feel like I have a place where I came from. I'm just kind of floating around and, like, finding my home. Which is fine. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. You have roots in many different places. Exactly. Which, and, like, yeah. I feel like my culture isn't my whole ad- identity. And in a way, I'm happy about that because it means that a lot of my identity is subjected to what my future is. And that makes me feel really good because I like where my future is going. That is an absolutely beautiful way to put I think it. That's Thank just, you. Yeah, a little oh. close to that. Yeah. <laughs> like you said, you know, it's just like when someone says to you, like, do you know what you're doing at university? How can you, like, be mm. 17, 18 and just yeah. know who you are, what you want to do, what you want to accomplish? You don't know. The no. most asked question I get at the moment, what are you doing at university next year? Um, Sorry, we even asked that, yeah. I think. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. I have it with the mindset of I'm currently looking at doing this. So having that like disclaimer of current because I changed my idea for university 
a hundred times under the sun before I got there or before I'm getting there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> at one point, I wanted to be a surgeon. At one point, I wanted to be a lawyer. I wanted to be a social worker, a teacher. I wanted to be a bunch of different things. I wanted to go to America. Doesn't look like a possibility yeah. at the moment. But yeah, like I it's... Mean, but those opportunities are all still open for you. For sure. Like some people, they know from the get-go what their career is going to be. And I think it's incredible. But for like me as well, I'm thinking whatever happens, it's going to happen. Exactly. And that's where I'm going to go. Yeah. You know? And I think if there's one thing I've learned from activism, um, because it quite literally uprooted the way my life works, is that don't plan for the future because your cha- your plans will change and change and change and you'll change with them and your mindsets will change with them. So making like a 10-year plan is not a good idea for one person. Um, you just kind of take it day by day and go and focus on your passions and what you care about. And that's like ultimately, or at least I'm hoping, uh, that's where you'll end up in a happy spot. Mm. Yeah. And another thing I feel like uh, kind of tying into that is like cultivating like your happiness and what you're passionate about now. Yeah. Like I see some people, they're picking subjects like at school or whatever. They're going, well, in 10 years, I'm really going to want to be a vet. But you right have no now, idea what you're Yeah, right now years. I hate science. Like yeah. I hate doing this, but like it's for, I'm like, no, you've you got to do what you're passionate about now, right? You've got to follow that because yeah. everything's changing. Sure. And you're going to change no, with like, it. guarantees. So trying to set yourself up for something that is not even there, it doesn't mm, really yeah. make sense. I mean, like, know? we had a pandemic. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think, it's, years ago, like, I think it's totally valid to have plans and be set in them. It's just I'm not a person who can do that. And, like, everything's open to me, but I'm not taking calculus ever again. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not going into health science. Yeah. Cheers to that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, as a as a person who does calculus, um, I'm so sorry for you. <laughs> I know. I think I went into the year thinking this is okay, but I'm at the end of the year now, and it's not okay. But we, <laughs> we're we're managing it, and I think I like what you said there, Lily. Like, do what you're passionate about right now, because mm. you know you don't get this chance to go through school again, yeah. and you really don't want it like that whole memory to be tainted because you hated your subjects. Mm. Yeah, and yeah. I'll tell you a secret. This is really important. Whatever you do in school. It doesn't matter because you can just pick things up in university. Like I can go into summer school. Should and we I can, have that ladder actually? Yeah. yeah. Whatever you do in school right now does not matter does because not you matter, can always guys. do things later. Uh-huh. There's so much time in this world, so use it. Mm. You know. And I guess that's like what activism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, linking back to the kind of activism thing. I guess that's what you learn. Like yeah. nothing is set in stone for sure. Yeah, and it, it can be terrifying on one hand. It is absolutely. Particularly, I'm thinking yeah. of like the climate stuff. <laughs> I think a lot about that. Not to make a yeah. joke, but also you know you have to follow your passions in the moment. You yeah. have to you know pursue that. And, like, it's meant that I've been juggling a lot, um, but honestly, I've never been happier. Like, I will wake up one day and not know if I have a day of just painting and hanging out with my dog, or if I'm waking up at seven in the morning to go to Alex to go yell at some old people. (laughs) I've done that before. I'm not even joking. (laughs) It was all, it was, it was planned do we want to a little bit no. <laughs> no need no. but it was conference thing it was fine we, we get the gist of what you get yeah. up to <laughs> like it's i love having a visitor life and yeah, i think and isn't that the life though like yeah i mean yeah. It, it's and it works for you right it does work for me but it is chaotic and i'd be lying if i didn't say it wasn't easy like i've been burnt out so many times and i'm probably riding a burnout as i speak <laughs> 
<laughs> but I think that um, as long as you're aware and you have healthy coping mechanisms and as long as you, this goes for school kids especially yeah like here we it, are James <laughs> if you go through school and you go I won't be burnt out after I finish this internal I'll just do this and then I'll take a rest and then I'll be fine that's a lie <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know like mental health is your priority because without good mental health nothing else matters Let's unpack that actually, because like you're wise beyond your years. Oof. Like you've already yeah. said fifteen things I want to write <laughs> <Yeah>. down. <laughs> but I'm just um, like, <laughs> yeah, I think last year after finishing like my art board and stuff, I had the biggest burnout ever. Like mm. I couldn't paint the whole holidays. I was like done. <laughs> but you've, how do you combat that? Like, what do you have? Well, uh, advice for when it comes to burnout. Um, it's a learning process, and it's different for everyone, um, which is what I've learned. Um, and quick disclaimer, I've only been doing this for like two years. Um, but <laughs> Which is plenty of time. I say. suppose, I suppose. Um, I think for me what matters is knowing, like, sometimes it's hard to figure out if you're in a burnout or if you just didn't sleep well. Um, <laughs> Both, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, no, Just like, even if you think that you're super busy and you have a meeting at 10 and you have school at this time and then you have internals and meetings and meetings, there's always time for yourself regardless of what you got there is nothing more important than self-care and what you've got going on within yourself like you're gonna make me start crying (laughs) (laughs) good good crying is good for the skin Uh, (laughs) the sodium yeah but like if there's one thing i know it's that yes there's 24 hours in a day but that's 24 hours you can take for yourself if you want to and sometimes you need to take those 24 hours and maybe you sleep for 12 of them or maybe you stare lifelessly at your ceiling because you don't want to do anything but that's okay you know taking that time for yourself is the best way to um, better apply yourself to your passions and what you want to do in life because there's no point going out and doing all your things with half a battery or no battery mm-hmm. and you know honestly it's a skill like it took me ages to realize that learning how to relax is yeah. a skill like learning how to completely let go of everything which I still haven't learned yet yeah but because you can feel so guilty right if you're in that kind of hectic zone to For take sure. that time but it is so important and mm-hmm. it's a really big thing in the activist field like feeling like you have to do this thing or else the world's going to burn and Yes, it's already yeah. burning, honey. Like, yes, it's burning, but you're... Like, you are a bad person if you don't, like, repost exactly. this article about Exactly, monkeys. and the issue yeah. is that um, society puts too much blame on the individual. When and it's not the corporation. Exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. I f- fully agree with you. Mm-hmm. It's like, take the time for yourself, because we're the future generation. We're going to need to be well-rested to pick up all of the stuff that is being left for us. And, like... Like you were saying, it's a skill to learn how to be good to yourself. Mm. And it's a skill to be good to yourself and know how to, like, be alone with yourself and be okay with doing nothing but, like, existing. Do you think existing. That's, that's one of your, like, healthy coping mechanisms then? For sure. I yeah. think um, it took me a wee while to be okay with just being with myself um, and not doing anything. And something that I've learned to do is... I can be with myself and distract myself a bit. So, like, I can watch a film or I can do some painting or I can go for a walk or I can write a poem or I can pet my dog or I can make some tea. And, like, having those coping mechanisms ultimately makes it easier for your downtime to be downtime. 
mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. And then something that um, like my mum actually made me do, she like made me write out like all the things I was like caring about and thinking about and my values right now, mm. like what I really needed to be doing. And then she like she went down the list with me. And she said, "Can you do this if you're like basically dead? Like if yeah. you're so far sleep deprived and like not healthy at all? Like can you fulfill this?" And I was like, "No." Yeah. Next one, no. She's like, "If you want to do any of this whatsoever, first of all, you got to make sure you're like actually surviving for sure." And that's like a massive part of that learning how to like mm-hmm. you know those coping mechanisms relaxing yeah. because like I guess part of like that's really sweet what your mom did um, <laughs> she said no she said it was like a corporate office thing they were taught do you want a she, good tip yeah so instead of having a to-do list have a have like categories so must do should do could do this is another like corporate thing that actually works oh, really? isn't it no. <laughs> I'm not sure but um I spoke to a counselor about it and this is what they laid out because I went in and I was like I have all these meetings and I have to do all these things and I ramble and she was like let's break it down hmm. and on your to-do list also put down things that will make you happy and that will make you regenerate like this it's all well and good to go I must do this biology internal but you also must go drink some tea go for a walk have a shower mm. you know take a nap things like that that's as important and that is a must mm-hmm. yeah because I feel like most of the time like part of these like reasons we have these burnouts is because like for example we're coming to the end of the year and it's easier to say like okay I can just like ride out these two weeks yeah. on like no sleep and then like I've got the rest of the holidays to rest <laughs> but you know like I feel like just having that whole like um backlog of like catch-up rest yeah. yes yeah, <laughs> you know sure. it's and I'm, I'm I'm guilty of this like I'm yeah. looking forward to that last exam okay <laughs> same like I've got so internals and things but I'm like it's okay I, I don't need to sleep right now you know do I need to check up on you no yeah <laughs> do we no actually my wonderful photography teacher was talking because I, I just don't sleep like whoops like I will not go to bed and then I was like oh no when I'm 60 I'll just like sleep for 20 years straight and like catch up and all that she's like Lily Lily no yeah <laughs> I'm like yeah I know <laughs> yeah and I mean, then the opposite of that, I feel like I have a problem with like, I always like, um, I'll have heaps of things due, but I'll be like, it's 10 o'clock. I'm, I'm shutting my laptop. I'm yeah. going to sleep, you know. I think that's like a good habit that I, I do for sure. have for one is like, I'll just be like, I need to go to sleep, you know. Yeah. I'll deal with it tomorrow. Like, <laughs> I, I don't have a job, but I have job hours. So I will only answer emails between 10.30 and 5.30 p.m. Like if an email is at 5.31, not In my seeing head, it. that was the night hours. Is that the night hours? 10.30 a.m. Oh, good, okay. No. Because <laughs> I was going, those are the hours I work, but I don't think that's quite healthy. Do you, no. no, it isn't. Um, yeah. and I got like, look then. <laughs> I thought my whole soul just been looked at. <laughs> and, like, also the whole thing with a backlog. Like, after this, I'll be good. Um, that's, yeah, it's a lie, honestly. But there's always to, something that comes there's up, There's always right? something, because the world you, changes. A, I've just got one more week. I just have to make it to the end of this week. I just have to make it to the end of this week. And then it's been like week. It's been like five weeks, ten it's weeks. It's been two years. It's been two years. I'm like, oh, my God, I still haven't made it to the end of this yeah. metaphorical week that I need to, like, For sure. you know. And, like, something that I've definitely taken to heart after graduating is that I'm not going to do anything big, and I'm putting that in air quotes, um, until next year. Which is, it sounds relatively easy, but I keep seeing things and I keep going, oh, I should do this. It would be really easy. I have like, the time. You're like a busy person. You're like, look at all the amazing <laughs> stuff you've done. Busy. Yeah, but like, I'm taking that month and I'm going to regenerate because there's no point going into next year, going into university and going into all these projects if I'm half charged. Or and that's incredible. Like the intersection between like activism and always being busy and always like organizing things and like, oh, 
sorry, yeah, uh, learning like how to kind of uh, relax. Uh, but anyway, I believe. Yes, we are coming to the end of the show. That so fast. <laughs> sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. I just we looked at the We could talk for three more hours. Yeah, this is incredible. I just want to thank you so, so much, Hayley, for coming on yeah, today. thank you, Hayley. This has been a very insightful and therapeutic. And <laughs> just uh, even the way we talk, I feel like we were really calm and yeah. like, quiet This today. is the most calm show we might have ever done. Like, I don't feel nervous. And I always like mm-hmm. hate doing interviews because I just... You are welcome but always here. Yes, you're Thank welcome you. back anytime. And we hope that this month of regeneration goes well for you. And kakite. See you, everyone. Bye-bye. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.